May the Lord give you his peace. Amen. Um, we have such a special day today, the Sunday of Christ the King, the ending of the liturgical year. Today also happens to end the infamous year of mercy and a lot of things coming together. And um, in order to get ready for this homily, I uh, was listening to a little presentation from Bishop Barron on today's mass and then Scott Hahn and Brant Petrie. All these people are, you know, on the internet, they're publishing these podcasts every week. And uh, all kinds of incredible details about Christ the King and the history of kingship and the Bible and you know all these details and stuff. And so I was listening to all of that. I thought, what what am I going to say? And uh, I thought, let me you know let me say something quite different from all of that. And um, so today I would like to give a homily, maybe a little bit longer than normal. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means for me, but um, I want to give a presentation on the word receive. The word receive. Um, today, the Feast of Christ the King is a great day to, to meditate a little bit on the dynamic of what it means to receive. Um, so obviously, it's a day when we celebrate that God is king. That means, you know, he's the creator, he's the author, he's the ruler, he's over all. God is king. Jesus is king. And uh, what does that mean for a finite creature to stand before an infinite creator? And uh, I think the, the word that brings it all home for me is the word receive, that we receive everything, including our own existence, huh? our own being, our own identity, the fact that we are, you know, the thing that is most intimate, you know, our, our own I, our own self, even that is a gift that is received. Huh? So the, the, uh, the very blueprint of creation and the very, uh, uh, being of our identity, of our nature, you know, is none of us made ourselves. Nobody created themselves. So even, you know, everything's received from God, the creator, and it's received as a gift and it's received as something good. And uh, that reality has a whole list of therefores. If, if that is true, and even our own being is a gift that we receive, then that means something. And I, I wanna look at three images to help us to understand uh, more deeply what it means to receive. Uh, the first is marriage, the second is our religious life and our vows, and the third is the liturgy. So in marriage, um, the dynamic of marriage, you don't take somebody as your spouse, you receive them. You know, the spouses receive one another, and you study a little of the theology of the Catholic belief about marriage, and uh, the church wants to safeguard and enhance the notion of the freedom of the people getting married, and the nature of their consent, right? You gotta be free, like you can't be forced into marriage. It's not marriage if you're forced. And uh, so what needs to happen there for marriage to be marriage is that the two spouses you know, offer themselves to the other and then they receive the other freely. And uh, that's according to the dignity of our nature. Isn't it beautiful? And even when a, a man and a woman come together as husband and wife and even when they make love, that incredible gift that God has given, in order for that to be what God intended, it needs to be a giving and receiving, right? You don't take, that, that is immoral, that's a sin, that's, that's not what God intended. It's a giving and receiving, always in every act, safeguarding the unitive and procreative aspects, right? So that means you receive, you don't take, you receive. And I think that's why masturbation is such an incredible sin. It's so contrary to what God intended. You know, you don't take. There's something there that God has revealed that's beautiful and profound. Um, so let's apply that now to our own lives, brothers, and our vows, right? When we join the friars, you don't take the habit of St. Francis. You don't walk over there 
pick it up and put it on. You receive it, you know? And there's this gesture that you have to do after you write like this, and then you're clothed. You receive that habit. It means something. Um, when you make your vows, there's the prostration where you lay face down on the floor, right? A, a gesture of submission to, to God. It's very beautiful, very striking. And, um, and then when you kneel and you place your hands in the hands of the superior like that, and then he puts his hands on top of yours, there's a, there's a gesture that, that you're doing there that, that expresses this nature of offering of yourself as a gift and you're being received, you know? Very profound. And that dynamic is, is at work in each one of our vows, you know, in, in poverty, chastity, and obedience. Poverty makes it very clear, right? We don't grasp things. We don't take. You know, in the vow of poverty, this is the evangelical counsel of poverty. It's a radical openness. It's a radical receptivity. It's a radical receiving everything from God. Isn't that beautiful? And that's an imitation of Christ. Um, chastity as well, you know, is this gift that we receive through our celibacy, through our chastity, that uh, we offer ourselves freely to the Lord. And then uh, obedience is the big one. <laughs> now, you know, I teach a class to the novices on obedience. And whenever you teach a class on something, you need to do all the research. And there's so much there in that spirituality, the vow of obedience to obey God, to, to receive from him his will. And that comes in so many ways, right? Our assignment that we receive, the ministries that we do, and the permissions that we receive, you know, there's, I'm always asking the Lord, help me to engage my vows more concretely, poverty, chastity, and obedience, as I struggle to offer myself to the Lord, to make a gift of myself through those vows, you know, to, to be, to grow in humility and to receive from the Lord, you know, his will and not my will. And uh, there's something of Philippians 2 that needs to be, that's happening there, brothers. You know, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, something to be grasped at. The, the Greek word there is hard to translate. You know, not like Adam who grasped, you know, in that original sin, but, you know, this um, radical receptivity, this, this kind of position of a servant who receives, this is Christ our King. This is our King, you know, he, he um, has this openness that he doesn't take, and uh, he's inviting us into that openness ourselves, and that's the meaning of our vows, poverty, chastity, and obedience, you know, that we are imitating Christ. And then lastly, in the liturgy. And uh, as I was thinking about this word receive, you was thinking about the way the sacraments work. You don't baptize yourself. Nobody goes up to the baptismal font, grabs the water, says, I baptize me in the name of God. No, right? You receive it. You receive it. And that dynamic is at work in every sacrament. And uh, it's really concrete in the Mass. You know, we come to here, and uh, there's these prayers that we pray when you uh, bring forward the bread and the wine, uh, the offertory, and then these prayers. That, Blessed are you, Lord God, you know, these gifts that we have received, you know, we offer to you. And then um, we uh, come forward for communion. You don't take the host, you know. You either receive on the tongue or in the hand, but it's a gesture of receiving, you know. And some, you're, there's a reason why we don't just pass the, the pet plate around or you can't just walk up and take the host, you, you know. You receive communion. It means something. It's a gift that's being given. And uh, this dynamic that's happening is a paradigm for our lives. You know, this is the meaning of our very lives. You know, that we are, are going through life receiving God's love, God's mercy, his grace, his providence. You know, we receive. And then in receiving, then we are free as sons to, to offer ourselves as a gift that God may receive us. Now, the, the real moment when that happens is the moment of death. You know, receive, you know, Lord, into your hands I commend my spirit. When, and 
every moment up until then is preparation. It's, you know, it's all leading towards that moment when our soul will leave our body, we will go to God, we'll give an account to how we lived, and there will be a, a reception uh, which is so profound and so beautiful as we uh, participate in the love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for all eternity. This radical giving and receiving and love, and it's there. It's in the blueprint of creation. It's in our very nature. So what we were created for. So Christ the King isn't an ogre. He isn't a master who treats his subjects like slaves. You know, we're not called to slavery. We're not even called to be like employees of a boss. We're called to be sons of a father, sons and daughters, children of a father, of a parent. And this is profoundly different. And the very nature of that relationship is the nature of love. And what love looks like is a giving and receiving and freedom. Ooh, that's the heart of it, isn't it? So let's pray for that grace this day. That we celebrate Christ our King, our loving Father, that we may be sons, we may be servants, that we may receive and offer in freedom and in love. And we pray for that grace this day. Amen.